this is actually the first one I've done um, since anything's been released. Because um, we've done the first three before um, they got put online. So thank you for all of everybody who's um, tuned in so far. It's been it's been a lot better response than I thought, to be honest. So it's, um, I hope um, you appreciate it. We've got a really special guest this afternoon. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, we have Sue Vandenbroek. So thank you very much for Pleasure. joining this afternoon. Um, so yes, yeah, Sue is, um, she's, you've been part of the church for a few years now. You live in Inveresk, that's where we are just yeah. now. Lovely, beautiful day. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, Sue, um, thank you. Let's just get started about um, a little bit about where um, your background, where you're from, um, family, um, just anything just to set the scene of, um, of your background. Yeah, well, I grew up, I was born in Blackpool. Okay. And I grew up Cleveland and on the Fylde Coast. I've always lived near the sea. I love, oh, I I love, love the sea, same in yeah, I love the sea. I love sea. living near the sea. Um, I had the blessing of a very secure childhood. Mum and Dad were married for 60 years. Brilliant. Um, and Dad was a really good father, faithful, providing for his family. Mum was a really lovely homemaker. I remember... Um, when I was little, nice kind of memories, mum ironing, it must have been winter time and she had me curled up on the settee, listen with mother on the radio, used to really enjoy okay. that. And it makes me sad sometimes that little children aren't getting those precious yeah, times absolutely. with their mothers, you know, because with our experience with fostering, which we'll talk about later, yeah, I think it's really important that you have that secure yeah, absolutely. Emotion, it emotionally it. And you're seeing stuff. that from yeah. all sorts of studies that are coming yeah. out as well, the, um, the, the, the benefits of yeah. that. So absolutely. So, so you grew up there and um, you went to school. You went to Beach school. Road Primary School straight across the road from the beach, literally. Okay. <laughs> and then secondary school in the same Kingwood area? Grammar School, yeah. Okay. Past, past and my 11 plus. And my dad... He wanted his son to be clever, not his daughter, and he got it the other way around. Oh, I've got okay. two brothers, but the one <laughs> Your brothers admit that me. now. <laughs> no, no the, the middle one, Chris Wood, yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, it, it made difficulties as a teenager because I was argumentative and uh, Dad found that difficult, and I found it difficult as well. Okay, <laughs> yeah. um, so you obviously did quite well at school. Yeah, I did well in a, and... Um, I wish we'd had more guidance. Children get, young people get a lot more guidance now what to do. You see, because I went, in, eventually I went to uni into teaching. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I was a good teacher, but what I didn't know was it didn't suit me emotionally, the pressure and the stress of it. And, um, and I, I enjoy teaching when people want to learn. But yeah. I don't enjoy it with big teenage boys. Yeah, I <laughs> who know. are telling you where to go it's and the, refusing. the romantic view of teaching <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. is not yeah. always the reality. I think that's the same yeah. with so many things, isn't it? So, so you did teaching, and um, so secondary school teacher. What did you? What was your English. subject? English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you. So you went to Liverpool University. Yeah, is that uh, right? I went to Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, it it's not too far away from. Black no, it wasn't now. my first choice, but I was really grateful looking back that God took me there, because obviously that's where I met Christian friends and that's where I met Audrey. So that's where you became a Christian? Yeah. Is that right? So you, what, what was your back, did you have any Christian uh, well, influence before um, university? It was so different for us as children. 
there was a lot more what I might call genuine Christian input than there is for children now. Yeah. So People at school, school there was always a proper assembly. Right, a, yeah. A hymn, a Bible reading, a prayer. Yeah. Um, at junior school, we talked about all the Christian festivals and things like that. Mum and Dad, I would say, they always believed in God, but they didn't understand that more than that was necessary. But they did decide that they should send us to Sunday school, even though they weren't going to church regularly, because they wanted us to be able to make our own minds up. Okay. So I went to a Baptist Sunday school, and looking back, I'm not sure if they were um, all converted, but I remember one teacher particularly being helpful. Mm -hmm. And I did Scripture Union exams, but I... I didn't understand. understand. I didn't understand the gospel at all. And were you seeking at that point? I I didn't know. I I wouldn't have known this at the time. But looking back, I think God was causing me to seek Him right from a child. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My grandma, she was she was Church of England. She always prayed for all the family. She sent me a Bible when I was about seven. You know, I remember when I was eight. I really wanted to know if God was real. Mm -hmm. I, you know, how, how, how can I find out? Yeah. I've told this story before, but I did this experiment. I cut potato up into a glass of water when I was in, on the, in the house on my own. And I prayed that God would cook the potato and then I would know <laughs> if it was real or not. I was so disappointed uh. <laughs> when it didn't cook. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there's certainly there's something there's an there's an inquiring mind there. Yeah, and, and, and when I was a teenager, then I would re I was frightened of dying, as I've heard a lot of other yeah. young people say. Yeah. And I really was thinking about things then because I thought if if this is if this life is all there is, I might as well walk off the end of Blackpool Pier. Why why am I going to try and do anything if it's mm -hmm. if this is it and it's finished? Yeah. So there's a real desire to that I should there should be a meaning to life, and yeah. you know, like a lot of young people, you have all these kind of noble ambitions. Mm -hmm. You're going to be another Elizabeth Fry or Florence Nightingale mm. or something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah, you you want to you want there to be meaning. In yeah, life. you definitely have to be seeking meaning yeah. in some way. Yeah. So you, so. You, so then you went to university, but that's where it really sparked. Well, I was very miserable. I nearly left and okay. I wasn't expecting it. I was absolutely homesick. Okay. And I didn't realise before I went that living with a lot of people, but not knowing them, mm -hmm. it's not, it doesn't suit me at all. And, um, <clears throat> and I went home after the first term. I went back after the holiday crying. I said, I'm not going back. I was so miserable. I had to share a room with a girl I didn't get on with. Mm. And um, there were all kinds of strict rules, which there aren't now, of course. Yeah. And um, but I, I, um, you know, again, you look back and well, God used that. I'm glad you went back. I shouldn't have been, you know, he didn't allow me to be happy and forget about him. If you see what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That you that you were still there were still things that were causing you to seek for something more, and um, yeah, it, things gradually improved. So the second year. I had I stayed with a family which worked a bit better, and that's when I started to get to know my friend Linda, who was praying for me, and um, mentioned me at the Christian Union. And very bravely, she and uh, two other girls invited me to share a flat with them in the third year because okay. they were Christians and I wasn't. Okay. And 
they've had this lovely friendship ever since. Right. I'm still friends with yeah, them. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So they started, did you go to see you or did you go to church? Well, that was funny. When I was first in the flat with them, they were bending over backwards. Not much, They didn't want me to feel I had to join in uh -huh. with their Christian thing. And I was desperate <laughs> <laughs> to be invited. And... Um, and when we finally got over that hump, yes, and I went to see you with them, and uh, I went for a while. I went to Linda's church, which was, was kind of what is called neo Pentecostal, very charismatic. And in the end, I couldn't take some of the te extreme teaching there. I'm still friends with Linda. It's not a bar to our yeah, absolutely our being you know yeah. lovely friends, believing friends. In fact, she came to my dad's funeral recently, um, but. And I started going to Elder Dear Baptist Church, which so such a privilege as a young Christian because the minister there was so clear, so thorough in his teaching. I had this really good mm, grounding brilliant. in the Christian faith. And then, and then our dream proved on it. <laughs> <laughs> so was Adri going to that particular church? Y yes. Yes, okay. Yes. So that's where you met Adri? Yeah. Okay. So but it was funny because... Um, First time Audrey approached me at the end of a Christian union, it was a prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. And I had tried to pray for the first time as a young Christian. Yeah. And I thought, oh, he's coming to ask me out. He was coming to crack my prayer because the doctrine wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we, we got over that. <laughs> so what, how did you react to that? It... I was probably very cross yeah. <laughs> knowing me. <I> was... <laughs> I'm sure you stood your ground. Uh, no. uh, okay, so that was your first... Uh, but then, you know, he really cared about me. He really felt drawn to me and I to him, although we were from such a totally different background. Absolutely, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So you had that, so that was your, uh, you had those two friends in particular who introduced you. So what, um, were there certain people in your early days of being a Christian? Um, it it was, well, the grounding you? in... in, in the teaching I had at the church. Um, but then, you know, I feel sorry for new Christians now who are on their own, struggling to understand the Bible and everything. I, You know, I was, uh, we had two twin bedrooms in the little flat we shared. So I was, I was trying to read my Bible and read Christian books and I got somebody to ask questions all the time, mm. you know. And in fact, before I, before I became a Christian, before I, I think, it was more, I was asking God for the gift of faith. I didn't understand everything about sin yeah. and repentance. But Linda thought I was miles away because I was pushing, arguing, arguing. Yeah. I, I wanted what she had, but I wanted to know if it was real. Yeah. But I, I wasn't miles away at all, you know. Yeah, because everybody just has different approaches, don't they, of the way they learn, the way they, their yeah, mind works. I think probably and... I've always been argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe we'll have an argument today at some point. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, so, yeah, so um, so that was really exciting time period. And just going back to what you were very saying. Very happy time Very as happy well. time. Yeah, yeah, but just going back to saying, I think it can be an easy option for churches and for anyone. It's just if people become Christians, say, right, read the Bible, read your Bible. And that's true. They should read their Bible. But without guidance, without other yeah. um, materials... It's pretty, it can be pretty daunting, yeah. uh, especially different, um, obviously you're an English teacher, so you, you're obviously gifted in language as well, yeah, and, and even then for you it would have been, it was, it was yes. difficult at times. Yes, 
But I do remember that I had tried to read the Bible before that, and this time it was like light shining on the page, mm, that exactly. it was all real, yeah. it all meant something. Because yeah. I remember, um, you know, thinking about creation and everything. I was reading Genesis and I said, well, well, that's all you need to do because God's word, God's spirit was convincing me that that was the truth, yeah. you know. Yeah. Didn't have a problem Absolutely, accepting yeah. it. Yeah. Other bits of the Bible, they are. You do, do you? Still, uh, not I'm easy. sure there are still things no. today that you're reading. Oh, I'm no. not sure about no. this or that. No. Yeah. Okay, so you've met Adri. Obviously, you got married. How long have you been married now? Oh dear, I've got to work it out. I think <laughs> next year it might be 50. Wow. 50 yeah. years, brilliant. Yeah, year, uh, that's yes. great. Yeah. Uh, so you got married fairly soon after university? Or? I, Larry was doing a veterinary course, so his course was longer. Yeah. So I did the three years English and now year teaching training and a year of my um, probationary year yeah. in a school in Liverpool. And by that, and then Audrey got a job in Liverpool because I was, I had committed to be at least two years in that first job. As it happened, I didn't manage it, but um, so he got a job in Liverpool and we were living over a veterinary surgery, okay. which meant we got the flat for free. It was absolutely grotty. I think none of the young people now starting out would live there. <laughs> the only new thing we had was a bed. Yeah. And um, my mum used to come and visit and say, oh, you smell. And it, was, <laughs> it was a smell combined of disinfectant and dead dogs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he had the use of a car, so we could save up like that, yeah. which has made a big difference all our lives. That now I, yeah. I, I do sympathise the pressure on mums to go out, you know, married girls to go out to work because the whole of society reckons on two people working for a mortgage and everything. We yeah. never had to have you a full have mortgage, yeah. you know. And I've been so careful as a student that I. I had loads of money from a year of teaching because yeah. I, I wasn't spending a lot. Yeah, wasn't, absolutely. It wasn't the days of drink and drugs and parties at all. You know, yeah. Was, yeah. different. Yeah, very, very. So you're a you're you're a, a committed couple, Christian couple. You've just got married. You're both at the start of your jobs. So. The next day, you've obviously you got you had a family. It was easy, right? Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you started a family. That's just what happens, does it not? We knew <laughs> we knew before we got married that because Audrey was very ill. In fact, he nearly died when he was born, and he had a lot of operations. And we knew that one of the consequences might be that we couldn't have a family. And but I was, uh, you go into it dewy-eyed, and I was I was quite. I thought, oh well, we'll adopt babies. I'm quite happy with that. Mm -hmm. You know, didn't hadn't appreciated how things had changed, that it was going to be difficult. And um, I was just, I'm just trying to think what happened. We started applying um, for adoption. Locally. Yeah, in yeah. Liverpool, that's right. And it was, um, we got turned down for two reasons. One, we're in a Baptist church and that wasn't, mm. that was some queer sect kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> the other reason was, it had just become acceptable for married, unmarried girls to keep their babies. Yeah. So there weren't loads of babies waiting for... Okay, so that big cultural change in society yeah, and, at and that, that was, time. That was the start of a really upsetting time because, you know, it was a bit heartbreaking to think 
Audrey came from a big family. Mm -hmm. It was one of eight children. They've mm -hmm. all got big families. Yeah. And I wanted the family. You were one of three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah was... so how did you deal with that that time then? How did you process well, uh, that? Uh, uh, unfortunately, not only that, but I wasn't well. I, the strain of teaching and Audrey's job when mm -hmm. we when we first got married, he was working twelve hours flat out. He used to come home exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then the phone would go at night and the police would always phone Audrey if a cat had got run over or something because they knew he would answer the phone. Mm -hmm. They're all supposed to provide an emergency, but they knew Audrey was reliable. Yeah. And it was just a, the, the boss and him. And if there was work for two people, the boss was there. If there was work for one and a half, he left it all to Audrey. <laughs> and I was trying to carry on teaching at, at that point, um, which is you know it's a demanding job as well yeah. and i and i just got it was too much for me i got okay. really ill nervously okay. and i gave up the job and um and i think i think that's because we couldn't easily adopt we decided we'd apply to foster mm -hmm. that's how that started okay yeah so that happened so you started fostering, started fostering in liverpool yeah and how long did you do that well for? we had two babies one after the other there and it was that was quite a hard way to start. I desperately wanted okay. the experience, experience of looking after of a baby, yeah. you know. Yeah. And actually, after a few days, you're the whole world to that baby. They yeah. don't, they don't they say don't you're know. not the mum, no, you know. Yeah. And um, fortunately, the first baby was easy to practice on. Okay. Jane. Yeah, I remember her now. Um, she must have been about less than six months old anyway yeah. very and she was already eating three meals a day and sleeping 12 hours a night oh, wow. um because if i'd had the second one first i'd have thought yeah, I'm not was, cut yeah. Out this. yeah and then donna the second one incredibly lovable in the end but the first three months i was like a zombie mm. she couldn't feed she couldn't sleep her mum couldn't cope and she just shut the door and left her in a room crying mm. and she was, I think she was about three months when she came to us and you could have held her stiff as a board on your hand. It's just, you know, not natural. She yeah. couldn't relax. She'd bring all the food back. And, um, but we, we got through it. Mm -hmm. And then she was only with us about six months because her mum was sterilised in, in the hopes that she would cope. Other children had been taken into care. And uh, they'd been treated not by her, by her partner who burn them with cigarettes and everything. Oh, so a lot of very, that's the thing with fostering. You just the backstories are not just happy horrible. About what it's horrible you're going to, back to. to that is the hard, one of the hardest yeah. bits about it. Yeah. Um. But Donna was just when she when she did relax. I mean, not when she did relax, and you know, she became this lovely smiling baby and scampering around fast. And the day I had to give her to the social worker to go back to her mum. I had to go and wake her up and you know you know what yeah. you know this beaming smile and it was <laughs> heartbreaking yeah. i remember discussing it with one of the social workers and saying look these these very young children they'll never remember me you know so she said no but you don't know what good you've done them exactly. in their emotional development yeah, that, yeah. what a difference it's made to them they you do know, say, so. they do say that makes even from a really young age it makes we a did, big difference we did hear about donna afterwards because a lovely lady in our church was a health visitor and she happened to be visiting oh, okay. donna's family yeah. so we did hear for a while well, that's that good. That's getting on yeah. okay yeah um so you, you fostered for a while but you 
um, then looped they, again at the adult. Well, at the no, that was when we came to Edinburgh. Okay. So that's like it's well over forty years ago now. And um, what brought you to Edinburgh initially? Yeah, well, it was this job, Irish job. The okay. hours was so awful. He decided to, and he said, you know, I'm, we're not going to have any church life because yeah. every other weekend he was on duty as well. And then there was no mobile phones. You literally had to. Yeah, had to. Be if you were on to the call, phone. you were. Yeah, yeah you were yes, at home. Yes, you were. You were yeah. to the phone. And so he decided, and this was the job that came up at Edinburgh University, and. We thought we were only coming for two years, so we don't know what happened, but we're <laughs> still here. Well, I do know why we thought that, because all our family were down yeah. south. Audrey's were right in the south of England, mine in Lancashire. Yeah. And that, that's been, that was hard later on when we had a young family. Yeah. I had no, no family no support, support yeah. nearby at all. Yeah. Yeah, then we, we started applying again when we came here. And in a good way, Scotland was a bit behind the times. Yeah, because it was <laughs> so, still not deemed to be acceptable yes, to have exactly. children was, outside of wedlock. It was morally in a good way, not okay. as far on as, as yeah. England was. So, okay. so we did get accepted, but we knew we would have quite a wait if we were waiting for a baby. Uh, so we'd already been approved to foster, so, so can we do some short-term fostering while yeah. we wait? And that was Miriam. Oh, wow. So she wasn't very short term. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so it, it didn't work. It, they tried their best to help her mum to have Miriam back, but it didn't work out. And so we said, well, can't you just stay with us? Because obviously we'd formed mm -hmm. a bond with her by then. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. How long, was the, how long did you foster before? She was, I think she was about a year, year old when I brought her from hospital to start the fostering and it was took another year for the adoption to go through okay but her mum was very brave and did actually sign her consent you know realizing that well if I can't do that mm -hmm. then the, the best thing I can do is to make sure she has a good home and yeah so we, we never met her but I appreciate that she did that yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah certainly not always that easy is it um so that was that's Miriam some of it up uh, most of the people watching this will will know who Miriam is. Yeah. We all, uh, yeah, very well known in the church, obviously. Yeah. Um, so then you adopted again. Yeah, then um, we adopted Jonathan, and um, we said because of Audrey having dealt with childhood illness and a lot of problems, we said we felt we could um, cope with a child with physical problems and help them. But we had no experience of what used to be called mental handicap. Yeah. Um, you know, children like Down syndrome. And <clears throat> we had no experience of that, so we didn't know if or how we would cope with it. So God chose to give us <laughs> Jonathan, who, was <laughs> who turned out to be that was the long-term problem. Mm -hmm. In fact, everything was the opposite of what the information we were given. He came as a little baby to us, straight from a loving foster right. family. Okay. In, in Preston Pans. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. lovely family they were. Yeah. He, he was never left to cry. Was, they had children that's <laughs> handed round from arm oh, to arm. Nice. So he, he went right from, you know, a loving foster family to us. And he, we were told he had a heart problem that wasn't serious and it turned out to need major heart surgery when he was two. Wow. A bowel disease, which was serious, but it's, it's well managed now. Okay. And... That he definitely didn't have um, the 
I don't know how you'd call it, developmental delay. Okay. Although I know, reading about it since, there was every sign. Okay. Because he had the, the very wobbly head, poor, you know, poor muscle control. Um, Do you think it was just, was it just not well known about uh, well, it was the research at that time? I, I honestly was... wonder if that consultant who we went to talk to about Jonathan, he was seeing him down at the hospital in Leith. I honestly wonder if you thought this is the chance of this child not ending up in a in an institution, you know. And yeah. I don't know. Did he play it down? But I don't. I don't resent it anyway, because yeah. I believe it was it was God. We believe with each of our children that God brought them into our family. Absolutely, that it yeah. wasn't chance. I think for everybody that knows you and the family would 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 agree with that. <laughs> I think it's definitely yeah. But that, it's been really very useful talking with. I've, I've, over the years, I've met a lot of parents with dealing with children with disabilities, of course, mm -hmm. and it's been, and also people who say, well, I couldn't have done that, and it's been a very useful way of talking about your Christian faith, Yeah. to say that, well, you know, God had a purpose bringing them to us, and therefore he would give us the, the strength and the grace yeah. to But it must have been hard uh, for you as a, as a family. Um, what were the hardest parts? Wait, do you mean with Jonathan? Yes. It wasn't so hard when he was little. Okay. I think what's hard for every parent to accept if a child isn't developing as they should is they won't catch up. They'll actually mm -hmm. get further behind and probably get stuck at yeah. some point of, of development. And the sort of things that used to distress me a lot was like Jonathan standing watching children playing in the street and he couldn't because it wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. And, and so he would get upset himself, he would understand. He didn't he, then, you know. but he was always trying to escape, which was also a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had to, we often had to have search parties yeah. for Jonathan and pray that he won't get run oh, over before, you, yeah, before you find him, yeah. It's enough. Um, he, 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 Audrey and Miriam have always been very close, not because I don't love Miriam, but it's interesting, they've always been very close, and Jonathan with me because because I could understand him when he couldn't express or yeah and you sort of this this very close relationship with he had with a young child has just just carried on just with Jonathan yeah because, um yeah and even now he'll, he'll blank out Miriam and Audrey but he'll always run and give me a mm. hug you know so, yeah. yeah well I'm sure you'll agree that that was fascinating to hear from Sue and um, the bad news is that's all we've got time for today but the good news is we've got more next week and um, so tune in thanks bye